Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel, broadcasting remotely. 18 days. Are you counting? This election feels more important than ever, and we want to hear from you this hour about the issues that matter to you when you cast your ballot. 2.2 million Connecticut residents have registered to vote. You may have already voted by absentee ballot, or have you decided to vote in person? Are you thinking about not voting at all? Tell us why. 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. You can share a comment on our Facebook page or find us on Twitter at Where We Live. Coming up, we'll hear from college students about whether young people, including Gen Z, will turn out. First, uh, my first guest on Zoom today is Bishop John Selders. He's co-founder of Moral Monday CT. Bishop Selders, welcome back to the show. Good morning, and thank you very much. I mentioned Moral Monday. This is a statewide social justice organization that advocates for civil rights. Uh, Bishop Selders, you talk to a lot of people. Uh, You also are a dean at Trinity College, so you're a pastor. Tell us what you're hearing from members of the community about this election, and does it feel different? Thank you very much. Yes, it does feel different. Um, As I um, talk, um, uh, my wife and I and our staff, um, we have been engaged um, this this entire year in and around the vote. Of course, COVID has has certainly um, thrown us up for a loop. Um, But what we are hearing in in this um, uh, conversation around the vote and this uh, year's election uh, are concerns about will my vote count? Um, the the whole process of absentee vote versus voter by mail, um, we've we've made it our number one um, primary point to make sure we got information in the hands of folk to share what we know about the process, so folk can feel comfortable about voting um, absentee versus mail in. When you uh, hear people's concerns, is it because they've never voted by absentee ballot before, so they just need the process explained to them? Yes, yes. Um, uh, in, in many instances, in many cases, folk don't know. We've had absentee balloting since the Civil War. <laughs> so um, this this idea that it, it's something new and, in fact, is subject, you know, subject to some kind of, of, of funny business uh, is actually not true. Um, and our, our government and our systems uh, of voting um, have lots of... Uh, um, ways in which they do that, and they've been doing it for a very, very long time. So I, I'm comfortable in what I've heard, what I've witnessed, and what I've seen uh, in this process to say if people wanted to vote um, by absentee ballot, uh, we can do so. I was a, I was one of those people um, 20 years ago who voted by absentee ballot as a new resident to the state of Connecticut. I know it mm-hmm. works. So we, we know there's questions about the process, but when we talk to people uh, around us, when you say, uh, you know, does my vote count, are there concerns that uh, because of who they are and where they live that they may think their vote doesn't matter in the grand scheme of, say, the presidential election? 
Sure. Historically speaking, and certainly over the last, I would say over the last 30, 40 years, um, there's been a great deal of voter apathy. Um, I hear in African-American communities and, 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 and Latino communities, listen, man, it doesn't really make a difference. Um, does my vote really count? And I say to them, it, it counted so much so that at the beginning of this country, two-thirds of black people uh, black people were considered two-thirds human and it wasn't because they were in fact believers the founding fathers that is that that these african americans weren't human they were actually uh, engaged in trying to ensure that their vote was was not a whole vote one person one vote uh, as the system of enslavement and slavery was in 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 vogue at that time so it mattered to the founding fathers at the very beginning of this country so and then every hundred years or so there was a revisiting of the vote. The, the 15th Amendment was about the vote. Um, the Voting Rights Act of 1965 was about the vote for black folk. So it matters a whole lot what and how we do when we say mm-hmm. let's vote. But we know that COVID has uh, taken all of our attention away from uh, from a lot of things. And we worry about our health. We worry about our jobs. We worry about the people around us, the education of our children. And so do you see this as a, a major motivator to vote? Or is this something that is a distraction that will keep people from voting, from the people that you're talking to, Bishop Selders? Well, I, I want it to be just a distraction. <laughs> I, I do. I do think it is and in both. Both, I think, are are, are in play. People are concerned about um, how this will all take place. They are concerned about their health um, in this this uh, pandemic, COVID pandemic moment. And I, I want to be one of those advocates. I did, in fact, during the primaries, uh, go to the polls. We, we had you know, all intentions to voting. Um, via absentee ballot, you know, and and the kinks still hadn't been worked out yet. And so we didn't get our ballot in time my wife and I. And so we went to the polls and I was very, very pleased at my local poll, how one, how easy it was Two, how, how considerate the, the voting place was. Um, there, there was all kind of um, protections, both for those who were working and for, for people like me who were voting. And I'm, I'm real uh, uh, confident that we got, we got this down and, and we're going to have a, a problem free election here in Connecticut. You're hearing Bishop John Selders. He's co-founder of Moral Monday CT as we talk to people around our state about what's motivating them to vote on November 3rd, just 18 days away. We want to hear from you, 888-720-9677, or find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. We've gotten several social media comments. Uh, before I, I share some, I wanted to ask you, uh, Bishop Selders, you know, I was toggling between uh, the, the networks last night trying to watch President Trump at his town hall and Vice President Biden at his town hall. And there was a moment where a young black man uh, stood up and asked Vice President Biden a question about how a black young black men and women are swing voters. And many of them didn't vote in 2016 and they don't trust the establishment. And so when we hear uh, those concerns and those points raised, I mean, how do you convince young people of color to vote? I say this. I say in this this form of of, of government we have a democratic republic. Uh, one of the very key places and, and points at which we can show that we are a citizen is in the vote. There are not many other places where a, a citizen somebody who has documents in in a country can say I am a citizen. 
the right to vote is one of those places. So I, I really actually appeal to that sense of if you are a citizen, what matters most as a citizen is are those key places and spaces where you show up as a citizen. Voting is one of those places. Again, you can join our conversation, 888-720-9677, or share a comment with us on our Facebook page. You can tweet us at where we live. Uh, Carolina wrote on Facebook, I'm voting to protect health care coverage because we need to do something also about climate change, because I'm worried that our policies towards women, people of color, and LGBT folks are going backward and not forward. Respond to that, Bishop Selders. Sure. Every election, there are issues. You hear it every time. You know, this is the election of our lifetime. (laughs) Well, you know, and I would say yes. And I would also say issues that are important to you. Here's a place and space where candidates who represent the positions you want and you feel an affinity for, you then can elect those folks. Here's what I would appeal to. That, that in, in the case of African-Americans, there have been many, many who sacrificed greatly, even to the point of their lives, to give us the right uh, to vote. So for me, it is important that their sacrifice be honored and, and, and to get to the polls, regardless to your particular party, regardless to the particular issues that you think are important. Yes, they are important. Yes, you should, you should show up to the polls and represent the, and vote for the persons that represent those voices. Really remember the sacrifice that was made by so many so that we could have this right. Tell me about what Election Day will look like uh, for you and your wife. So you're planning on on going and voting in in person? We are planning to go and vote in person. uh, And um, Election Day is going to be fun. (laughs) We're we're certainly going to be advocating and doing what we can to to ensure that folk get out to vote and being a resource. Our our team um, are already formulating our plans to to deploy throughout the state and to be a resource and a help to those that that can and will need our support. Uh, And then we, we will, just like everybody else, um, when the polls close, we're going to be watching and waiting for the announcements as the as the the the, the election returns roll in. Um, I probably will have some responsibilities here at Trinity College as well, uh, and so um, our, our students and 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 our community here at Trinity will also be involved in 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 this. So um, we're going to have fun all day and probably all night long. <laughs> and later this week, later election week too, right? <laughs> That's right. And later election week as well. <laughs> so again, if you have voted by absentee, we want to hear from you. What did it feel like when you dropped off your ballot inside maybe a ballot box in your town? Maybe you decided uh, to mail or you're one of them, uh, one of the people who wants to go and vote in person. Again, we want to hear from you. 888-720-9677. Uh, Betty's calling in from Voluntown. Betty, welcome to the show. Thanks for having this very timely show. So I just wanted to share our experience uh, with how we're going to vote. So we originally had decided we would vote by absentee ballot, and then we were talking to a friend who's in her 80s, and she said, oh, no, this is too important. You need to vote in person. Well, don't forget, we live in Voluntown, which has a population of 2,300 people. 
But an interesting point about Valentown right now is we are in the red zone mm-hmm. of COVID-19. We are bounded by Griswold, which is considered red, and we are bounded by Preston, which is red. Mm-hmm. And so we are um, very concerned about the safety of voting. So that's an issue. So we said, okay, we're going to get an absentee ballot just in case. So I want to give a shout out to my town clerk. We put our application for the ballot in the mail on Wednesday afternoon, the Valentown mail, mm-hmm. in my post office box in Valentown Thursday morning was my absentee ballot. Oh, wow. So we have an absentee ballot in case, God forbid, the world falls apart, but we do plan on voting in person. And we had uh, Secretary of the State Denise Merrill on just the other week, uh, Betty. Uh, they'll be accepting those absentee ballots up through Election Day. Uh, so we wish you luck. And you mentioned uh, living in an area that is a uh, COVID alert. So that's eastern Connecticut where they're seeing uh, a higher number of cases. That's correct. That's correct. And we also have issues with folks not wearing masks here. So um, hopefully we will get folks on board with that soon. Well, thank you, Betty, and good luck uh, with however you uh, choose uh, to vote. Uh, Bishop Selders, we just have a couple of minutes left, uh, but as we get closer uh, to uh, the election, uh, what will your organization be doing? I know you've been holding some online uh, forums uh, uh, to talk to residents around our state about uh, this year's election and why it's important. We have. We 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 prioritize um, the election as one of our uh, priority issues that we would spend some concentrated focus time. And so all through the month of September and early October, um, we held some Thursday evening, evening, let's talk about the vote. And we had great participation um, from folk from around the state. And in fact, around the country, we called on some of our friends to talk uh, about the national setting, the general election. And then, of course, you know, uh, in this election, like in, in, in other general elections, they're down ballot, ballot uh, issues that are very important to to folks. So, um, yes, and we've been partnering up with some of our friends. Hamden Action uh, now um, um, hosted a series of conversations about the election, and we participated with them. The, um, the, the Connecticut Women of League of Women Voters has also been partners with us. So a shout out to them. Uh, and we're going to be on a, on, a, on a virtual call with them on Tuesday night, I believe. So we are talking about the vote. If you want to know how to do it, if you have concerns, uh, check us out of more mondayct.org or on our social media got to get a shout out to that them as well uh, <laughs> our folk who, who help us with that and 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 join in the conversation come with your questions um, we want to make this as accessible as a election as it has ever been here in the state of Connecticut it's important to talk about uh, the other races especially here in Connecticut Matt's calling in from Ledyard uh, Matt you're on the show hey good morning um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, echo what the bishop just mentioned um, as far as down-ballot races. You know, there's there's a lot of publicity, obviously a lot of uh, very passionate interest in the presidential race, and that's certainly very important. But, um, you know, there are races all over Connecticut that are going to matter just as much, if not more, to our day-to-day lives. And so, you know, here here in Ledyard, obviously um, uh, presidential uh Congressman Joe Courtney's up for re-election. Um, there's state House and state Senate races throughout the state. Um, and that state legislature is, is you know, vital to, um, you know, what policies get enacted here in our state. And, um, you know, I, I say that, you know, as a citizen, but also as a candidate, I threw my hat in the ring this year 
um, because I just got tired of seeing things not going the way I wanted. And, you know, instead of just voting to be that change, um, you know, I'm, I'm stepping up to try to be that change for, for my town and for my community and for my family. That's an important point, Matt. You mentioned that uh, you're running. And so uh, what has it been like trying to run a campaign despite COVID and the pandemic restrictions? Well, being a being a first time political candidate is hard enough. Um, but uh, especially when, you know, you're relying on uh, supporters working remotely, um, as, as I know you and your staff on the show are. So, you know, phone banking isn't uh, isn't about getting together anymore and, and you know, having a little rally and making phone calls. We've got to organize that over email. Um, but I've got a great team of volunteers who, who um, you know, uh, also have that same energy about wanting to, you know, participate more. Um, I have suspended in-person uh, meetings uh, for the, you know, foreseeable future um, because, as previous caller mentioned, uh, COVID rates are, are up here in eastern Connecticut. So, you know, I, I want to protect, uh, obviously, my family, but but the voters who I would come in contact with. So um, we're going to be making a lot more phone calls, sending some text messages. Um, and, uh, you know, getting the word out is is uh, is harder. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of people in this part of the state that are facing a lot more difficult challenges. And so, you know, we're just doing the best that we can. Well, thank you uh, for calling into the show uh, to talk about, again, the important races happening in Connecticut beyond uh, voting on uh, the presidential race. I want to thank uh, Bishop John Selders also for joining us today here on Where We Live, co-founder of Moral Monday CT. Bishop Selders, stay safe. You too. Thank you. This is Where We Live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Coming up, we'll continue to take your calls. Tell us what's motivating you to vote in this year's election. After the break, we talk about Latino voters in our state, and we'll be hearing from young people a little later. You can join us, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WMPR. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalbethanchel, broadcasting remotely. November 3rd, 18 days away, and in Connecticut, uh, we also have congressional and general assembly races, as a previous caller mentioned. We want to hear about the issues that are driving you to vote this year. You can join us, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WMPR. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at where we live. Now, more than a half million Latinos live in our state. They're a growing part of our population. Joining us now on Zoom is Idi Nieves, president of the Bridgeport City Council. She's also first vice president of the Hispanic elected local officials for the National League of Cities. Council President Nieves, uh, welcome back to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So uh, tell us, when you talk to your constituents in Bridgeport and uh, other residents, especially those in the Latino community, what are the issues that are driving them to vote this year? The issues uh, primarily in, in the district that I represent here in Bridgeport um, is the economy, uh, health care, uh, health care and the coronavirus both combined in one accessibility and concerns around that. Also, um, race and ethnicity ethnicity issues, and also public safety. Those are the issues that they're concerned with when I say public safety, gun violence. But the bigger topic has been 
both the economy and healthcare issues, along with, um, because I have a large Hispanic Latino population, um, has been immigration because I have a lot of Spanish speaking families that I represent and, um, and I have a lot of immigrant families that I represent as well in this mm-hmm. district. Some of those issues, some of those issues you mentioned are perennial issues uh, for every election. But of course, COVID-19 has changed uh, everything. And, uh, you know, we know a lot of residents are are struggling, especially with their jobs. Maybe they've lost their job or they're they're dealing uh, with a lot of challenges with child care. And so when you put all of these challenges together, is it enough to uh, have people register and get to the polls? I believe Bridgeport has had low voter turnout in the past? Yes, um, we we do have a low voter turnout, um, except in the presidential election. Mm. I believe that we have a very large voter turnout in regards to uh, people coming out to vote. Actually, uh, there's a misconception about the local, you know, smaller local elections. um, But this time around, the presidential and our uh, general assembly election um, is taking a big forefront in a lot of the issues that our community is um, addressing. And like you said, you know, the economy, our local economy is suffering as well because of COVID-19. And in this district, um, I have a lot of small businesses and the inability to have accessibility to the CARES Act money or PPP Mm -hmm. protection money is a big driver in getting my small businesses registered, their family members, being able to cast the ballot because what is happening on the federal level has largely impacted how they've been able to sustain and to live throughout this pandemic. So that is a big driver right now, and especially immigration issues. Um, I have a lot of uh, small businesses who support, you know, um, my residents in, in assisting them with, with translation and services and trying to, trying to get them the services that they need and connect them with myself and other elected officials. So, when we talk about, it, you know, economy, the economy is always the biggest issue, but the economy and COVID and the inability to have uh, proper health care and the issue of uh, losing affordable health care for them is, is in the forefront of their minds, especially now when we they don't have the adequate space in homes to be able to quarantine themselves from their family. They don't have um, a support network or accessibility to uh, daycare services for their children because the daycares are closed. So they have to kind of depend on each other and create our own their own networks. So I think this is a driving force to see why their vote matters and why this time being at the ballot, you know, passing that ballot, mailing in your ballot, being registered to vote and being counted and making sure that your vote counts, they realize the importance of that now. And mm-hmm. I have seen um, myself working in the primary People coming to vote who weren't able to work in the um, to vote in the primary that were um, undecided, you know, unaffiliated voters are now changing and committing themselves to a party and realizing they should have been committed to a party so they could have voted in the primary. And all of those factors, I believe, are a big driving force in this uptick in mm. registered, registered new voters in the city of Bridgeport. 
Uh, earlier, I asked Bishop Selders about the young black vote. Uh, tell us about a young Latino voters, uh, the Gen Z voters. Uh, oftentimes, uh, young voters, uh, uh, they don't, uh, young people, they don't necessarily vote on election day and there's apathy there. And so do you see that also in the Latino community where people are very vocal on social media and they say that they're going to vote, but come election day, they don't quite make it to the, the polls or maybe they're not thinking about absentee balloting this year either. Um, with the Gen Z voters, I, I just and and I have a Gen Z voter in my home who lives with me, and it was a struggle to get him to vote in the in the primary. And I kept telling him, you know, you have to vote, you have to be at, you have to cast your ballot. It's important. And when we had the conversation on our way to the polls, um, you know, I asked him, why don't you want to vote? And he's like, it doesn't really matter. He, you know, he he felt that you know that one vote in the primary doesn't really matter. Yes, it does. And I explained to him the, the fact that, you know, even if he just went in and just threw in a blank, the vote that went through, even if it was a blank, it still counts that someone showed up at the polls and it and cast went to cast a ballot, even if it was blank. The the thing with the Gen Z voters is that they don't trust, you know, either party. They're frustrated. They feel like there's no representation of what their issues are and convincing them that why voting is important has been a little bit of a struggle for myself. I mean, just the other day I was at a restaurant, one of my um, students where I worked at a school, she's, this is her first year voting and convincing her to vote. Her parents aren't eligible to vote yet because they're permanent residents um, and they're going through the process of citizenship. And I explained to her, you can cast a ballot, you cast your ballot and you're, it's voting for your family, it's voting for your rights, it's voting for their rights, for their need to to be counted and having accessibility to healthcare and how COVID is impacting your family and how no work is impacting your dad who's not working. This all matters, that vote. And especially because she is Latina, she should be out there voting. You know, we are the largest population right now. That's going to be the, the swing vote for, for either party. If you look at what the Latino population vote is going to mean right now at this time, and, and especially the Gen X um you know, eight, 18 year olds make up almost 95% of the Latino vote this year. So it's a very big number. It's a very big draw for us mm -hmm. to get that Gen X Latino vote out. You're hearing again, Idi Nieves, president of the Bridgeport City Council, as we talk about the Latino community uh, and getting uh, more Latino residents registered uh, to be able uh, to vote before November 3rd. Uh, Shannon's calling in from Andover. Shannon, we have a couple of minutes. Uh, what did you want to share? Yes, good morning, Lucy. Um, thank you so much for this wonderful program. I'm calling just to say and echo what your most recent caller before, uh, the eloquent woman who just spoke, uh, talked about, which is getting involved at a local level. I'm now involved in five campaigns, and I truly believe that if each one of us gets involved in our town elections, um, that we will save our democracy. That's a really important point, uh, Shannon. Uh, thank you. So uh, going back to you, Council President Nieves, uh, getting young people to participate in the process, uh, to campaign for a candidate that they really believe in, uh, that can really help go a long way uh, to making sure that they're also voting. Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, I've my, myself, I tend to recruit younger people to get involved. Um, I struggle with getting my own son involved because of his work schedule, but um, I'm seeing that younger people are willing to get involved in the candidate that they believe in. Um, 
just recently in our mayoral election um, a year ago, we ha- we had a lot of younger people being more vocal on social media, and that is the important key to engage younger um, the Gen the Gen Z voters is through social media because that is a platform in which they communicate most on. Mailers don't really work with them, asking them to be, you know, I had one girl just posting on her Facebook page, you know, election information in English and Spanish so she can get it out there to her network of people to get them voted, posting on her Twitter, on her Facebook, uh, doing Snapchat videos to engage some some of the younger voters to come out to even to participate and volunteer for a day to poll stand. And once you get them to the polls, poll standing in the campaign office, and they really realize that what what their contribution means, they, they stay around a lot longer and they become committed to the process of the electoral mm-hmm. process. I wanted to ask you, uh, since you are an elected official in the city of Bridgeport, uh, this year there will be a special election day monitor uh, for Bridgeport. Uh, talk about what that you hope that means for Bridgeport residents uh, to preserve the election process, making it accessible and fair to everyone. I know that um, when the General Assembly uh, just went up and it passed um, to, to appoint the special election monitor, um, it there was a lot of um, negativity when it didn't pass um, earlier when when the del- when the assembly met um, and prior to the primary. I think it's really important now that people realize that the election monitor isn't because there needs to be uh, there's distrust in the process in the city of Bridgeport, but that um, we acknowledge that transparency and um, public trust needs to be rebuilt in our in our election process. Um, I think that it's a good thing. Some people um, think that it says the negative sign. I think it just opens up um, the accountability factor for our town clerk's office, for our registrar's office. And once people realize during this big election that, you know, there is no way to sway the vote when the, ba- when the ballots are coming in, the absentee ballots are coming in and the process is pristine, I think that uh, we won't need another election monitor. And I know that Bridgeport is notorious in one of the notorious cities for absentee balloting, win elections. And um, at this time, you know, all all candidates right now are, you know, dependent upon the absentee ballot to come in to make sure people are casting their ballots from their homes because people aren't willing to come out to the polls due to the coronavirus. So the monitor, We'll have a lot of work ahead of her right now. As of Tuesday, uh, the absentee ballot report was at 12,000, and those don't get counted until the starting of Election Day. So they've received 12,000, and that's not including anything that has shown up in the last few days where they emptied mm-hmm. the box out. So I welcome the, the monitor. I think that it's a good thing for Bridgeport to have this monitor this time around. It will dispel all of the rumors. Um that come around Bridgeport elections. So it is my hope that it will begin to build the public trust again in our election process here in the city. 
And just to fill in for context, uh, when you talk about um, some issues in, in the city of Bridgeport for listeners, uh, having um, absentee ballot irregularities in past elections, most recently in the 2019 Democratic mayoral primary, that's also still under investigation by the State Elections Enforcement Commission. But I want to thank Heidi Nieves, president of Bridgeport City Council, for joining us today to talk about uh, voters in the city of Bridgeport. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Coming up, we talk to college students about the vote, and we continue to take your calls, too. First, it's the final day of Connecticut Public Radio's fall fundraising campaign. Please support WNPR with a pledge. Here's how. This is where we live on Connecticut Public Radio. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Today we're talking about Election Day with Connecticut residents, and we wanted to hear from young people. So joining us now on Zoom is Molly Shapiro. She's president of Yale College Democrats, a senior at Yale University. Molly, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Also with us is Jacob Mari. He's director of political engagement at the Yukon College Republicans, also a senior, and he's a member of the town of Tallinn's Board of Education. Jacob, welcome to the show. Good to have you. Good to be on. So I, I wanted to hear about the conversations that you and your peers are having on campus. Molly, I'll start with you. Uh, tell us what you're hearing about Election Day. Why are your peers excited or maybe not excited to vote this election? Yeah, I think we're seeing an excitement that I've never seen before um, amongst my classmates. I think a lot of it comes from the desperation that we've seen in our country and the urgency of COVID-19 and also the events of the summer that followed in the wake of George Floyd's death and the many protests that we saw as a result. I think my peers are galvanized in a way they haven't been before and recognize that voting will not be everything, but it will be a start to making the change in our country that we want to see. We were talking about uh, energy is good, but uh, come election day, uh, things come up and people end up not voting when they say they're going to. So on your campus, uh, what are you and others doing to make sure that people exercise their right to vote? Well, we're doing a lot. Um, We're trying to come at students from wherever they get their information. So I think a lot of our push is on social media with Instagram graphics. We're seeing that a lot of our classmates get their information there and reshare. Um, We're also trying to make sure that all information is very easily accessible to them about their state. Because as we know, a lot of our fellow students don't vote in Connecticut. And so we wanna make sure that they know about the deadlines um, and rules for their state and voting in their state. We're also trying to make voting exciting and fun. So we recently put together an event with a lot of student performance groups, all in honor of student voting, interspersed with messages about voting. So our hope is to ensure that students have the information they need and recognize that the deadlines are, are real and they, they must cast their vote by those dates. Um, so we're trying to, to make sure that they're aware of those dates and also that same day voter registration in Connecticut is historically problematic in terms of long lines. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to make sure that they, they are registering before election day. Jacob, how about you? Uh, describe uh, the conversations happening on campus at UConn about Election Day, and uh, how motivated do you think your peers are uh, to vote? So um, I'll be kind of reiterating what Molly set up on a few things. I think that COVID and uh, the economic ramifications of that are still huge factors that are going to define this election for um, decades to come. And I, I think that those are still central to people my age, as well as people of all ages. Um, personally, I, my classes are mostly online now, so I don't go to campus all that much, but I can tell you that up in our activities as a group, as a college Republicans on UConn, 
we get campaign opportunities all the time. We put them out to membership and a lot of these opportunities aren't paid yet. We still get pretty good turnout as far as um, members who want to help out upon these campaigns and want to make a difference. In my local town, I can tell you I've, see, I've seen more political signs out than I have any election. So people are definitely very motivated in conversations I've had with voters, young and old. Um, they're, they're always good conversations and you can definitely tell that I think there is something different about this year um, than there has been in years past. And I know a lot of people say that every election, but I, I think there is a palpable difference this year. Um, of the people you know, Jacob, that um, are students at UConn, but also live in our state of Connecticut, um, are they thinking about voting absentee ballot uh, because of uh, the ability uh, to check off that they're worried about COVID-19? Or do you think a lot of your peers in Connecticut are going to show up on Election Day and vote in person? So I, I would say that, you know, as far as college students go, some of them who live on campus will probably go absentee. However, my, I would be willing to bet that most will try to vote in person. Um, I know a couple of friends who've had problems with absentee ballots, some arriving only a couple of days before the election and not worried and not wanting to um, miss their vote being counted because it got sent late um, or something of that nature. So I, I think that most are going to try to vote in person, um, at least up on the Yukon campus. And what about you, Jacob? I'm going to vote in person. Uh, my, my town has fairly low uh, COVID counts, and, and I feel fairly safe doing that. Mm. Again, you can join us as we talk uh, to Connecticut residents around our state about the vote. Uh, find us on Facebook and Twitter at Where We Live. Uh, Norma's calling uh, from West Hartford, and it looks like, uh, Norma, are you still there? Yes, I am. Uh, Norma, we just have a couple of minutes. Uh, tell us uh, how you've chosen to vote this year. Well, um, I used the absentee ballot for the first time. Um, I've always, you know, gone and voted in person, but um, I put my ballot because of COVID into the uh, one of those boxes in front of town hall in West Hartford. And what I learned uh, right after that was that we were able to call in maybe several days later to find out if indeed our ballot was checked in and received so that we know it will be counted on election day. That was so reassuring to me. And I wondered if all the districts in Connecticut, all the towns are offering that same service that I was able to find out for what, from West Hartford by calling the town clerk. That's a good question, Norma. We asked uh, Secretary of the State uh, Denise Merrill that as well, and there's also a website that Connecticut residents can check to see if they, re they receive, the town clerk received your absentee ballot application, and then also when they receive your absentee ballot once you return it. That website, myvote.ct.gov forward slash lookup. We'll also tweet that out at where we live. Uh, Molly and Jacob, we just have a couple minutes left. I mentioned both of you are seniors, and so it's been a crazy year. I'm just wondering when we think about the economy, about jobs, how you're feeling as you get ready to graduate, hopefully uh, in the spring. Molly, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we're aware that we're entering a world that does not feel so comfortable right now. Um, I think a lot of my classmates and myself are concerned about jobs, um, concerned about where we'll be living if we're moving back home and the complications that come with that. So I definitely think that that's really motivating students to vote right now is not only the economic concerns, but also the healthcare concerns and recognizing um, 
that the COVID-19 pandemic makes us realize that healthcare is a priority, something that often young people don't have to think about, hopefully, um, until they're older. So all of those considerations are weighing on my classmates and I mm-hmm. as we go to the polls. And Jacob, how are you feeling about your future? Yeah, well, it's, it's definitely a surreal time. You know, we're looking at kind of an economic downturn that the Great Depression is kind of the only comparable thing to it right now. Personally, I, I feel very fortunate. Um, I was able to secure a job offer over the summer with a summer internship I took. But I know that a lot of my peers are not up in the same position. A lot are contemplating whether they should go to grad school to kind of stay out of the job market for a little bit. But that has costs too. It's, it's very expensive. And if you're not all that interested in up and doing it, you know, it, it, it's, it's definitely a real trade-off that you have to consider. Um, and unfortunately, you know, I wish the crisis would be over within a couple months, but I, I have no idea when it's going to be over and the economy is going to take a while to, um, to recover. So, so that's certainly an issue that's at the forefront. And I think it's becoming uh, more and more so as uh, the months wear on. I want to thank thank Jacob Mari for joining us. He's Director of Political Engagement for UConn College Republicans, a senior at UConn, and a member of the Tallinn Board of Education. Jacob, thanks for, for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And Molly Shapiro, President of the Yale College Democrats, also a senior at Yale University. Thank you, Molly. Thank you. Today's show produced by Tess Terrible. I'm Lucy Nalpathanchel. Again, uh, today's the final day of WNPR's fall fundraising campaign. I think I hear the cheering and applause. But if you have yet to support the station, we ask you for your support now. Here are two of my colleagues to tell you more. <laughs> 